welcome back to the Be On My Podcast. My name is Kate Christis and I am the host of this podcast. I'm so excited that you guys are joining me here today. First things first, I have 200 listens. I've officially hit 200 and I posted about this on my Instagram. If you're not following my Instagram and you have Instagram, you should definitely go follow it. It's Beyond Life Podcast. It's just the handle, the Beyond Life Podcast Instagram. And that's a great way to reach me um, if you have any questions, any podcast topic ideas. If you want to come on the podcast, if you have any questions, I would love to hear it all. You can go give me a follow on Instagram. Greatly appreciated. And I don't really want to put my email or my phone onto the internet. That's kind of a safe way to sort through the junk, but you can still have contact. <laughs> um, so yeah, 208 official listens, completely blessed. Never thought I could get to this point, but I kind of talked about this last week of it's encouraging me to keep going even when I feel like, oh, I'm too busy. This is crazy. How can I handle it? handle it all but just to know that God is truly using this as a place of community as a place of guidance or what have you whatever you gain from this it's truly amazes me each and every single time so thank you guys for continuing to listen and let me know if you enjoy this podcast today leave a comment rate it um or dm me like i said if you have my number I feel like a lot of people who listen do know me (laughs) personally, so don't feel afraid to ever give me a text or about anything. It doesn't have to be about the podcast. I'm always here to listen. Okay, that was a little bit of a long intro, but let's get into the podcast. Normally, I have a title idea before I get into the episode but this one was kind of one that just came to me as I was doing prep for the episode and I don't really have a title yet but hopefully by the end I will but it's basically about Paul and there's a lot of background that I would like to fill you in with Paul because I know there's a lot of people who listen to this and haven't ever opened a Bible before or you have, but I'm just going to give you a little bit of a refresher because the story of Paul is huge and honestly, Paul has the second biggest voice in the Bible. I mean, of course, Jesus has the loudest voice and God and right, but then there's Paul and Paul has many books. He has, um, Romans and like literally all the letters towards the end of the New Testament they're all about Paul or they're all Paul talking to churches or guiding and leading so Paul is a huge player in scripture and he has a huge story and it's kind of laid out through everything and what I'm delving into today is in the book of Acts Acts 28 I believe And Acts is a 30-year history of the early Christian church. And yet, it's all about Paul. For the most part. (laughs) As you will see today. And it's just this idea that, like, how much influence he's had for such a long time. And this isn't even written by him. It's written by 
Luke, who also has a different book of the Bible, but it's documenting Paul's actions. It's not even documenting Luke's actions. And so I think that speaks a lot of measure. <laughs> okay, let's actually get into it. So, Paul was originally Saul. And Saul was one of the biggest Christian persecutors after Jesus came on earth. And Paul never got to meet Jesus in his ministry. Paul became a Christian after Christ had left, had returned to heaven. And I think that's a huge thing because he's one of the most influential people in scriptures. And yet he didn't even know Jesus within his time on earth. And he still just has this faith that is such a light and influence. Um, But he actually originally was a Christian persecutor after Jesus had left. His, His original name was Saul and his job was to kill Christians. That was his job. That's what he did. And he was really good at it. And eventually he was walking down the path one day, going to persecute all these people, right? And God appeared to him and he said, why are you persecuting those believe in me, that believe in me? And he basically blinded Saul. And then um, he tells Saul to go visit. Oh gosh, I can't remember his name right now. But he tells Saul to go visit this person and Saul does and he's faithful. And <laughs> this person is deathly afraid of Saul because he knows the reputation he knows that he might be coming to kill him and then he comes and he said God told me to come to you can you heal me and he does and then Saul's name changes to Paul and he's had this huge moment with God who's blinded him and then given him sight through someone else and he is standing here and he's like I'm gonna go proclaim the word of Jesus and it takes a lot for people to listen to him I mean think about it all those people that you were just persecuting to go into those circles and to have people trust you is really hard. It's like, um, this is like a silly example, but say I really hated the color pink and I don't, this is just an example. And then I go into a group of girls who really love the color pink and I've changed my mind. Like my favorite color used to be blue and I was blue all the way. And now I like pink even though I used to hate pink and I said maybe bad things about pink people who like pink and then to go to that group of girls and say oh I like pink now like will you guys be my friends or like will you listen to me or like give me the time of day like well you just mocked us for years and you hated us for years because you like blue and it's kind of this idea of like how do you go from there And Paul's able to, and you see what he does in scripture because it's so written about, right? But Paul, it's kind of like a, you get what you like put into it because he was persecuting all these people. And ironically enough, now he's being persecuted, right? Um, But in Acts, there's, it tells a story about all the trials um, Paul is put on. And I have all the titles that I'm going to read through, but this is throughout um, 
Acts 21 to 28. So there's a lot, but it just kind of tells a story of what Paul's been doing. And that's next title. Paul arrives in Jerusalem. And he's, you know, he's telling all these people about Jesus. And Jerusalem really did not like the idea of Jesus, right? And I think the biggest way God used Paul was to say, okay, Jewish peoples, this isn't just about you anymore. Jesus is for everyone. And this is an entirely crazy and outlandish idea. And I think it gets lost on us because in our modern culture, we're like, okay, they, you know, what do you mean? Like, of course, Jesus can be for everyone because that's just how it's been for so long. But to think in the day, like, people had wars over this kind of stuff, right? Like, no, you're not allowed to worship Christ. You know, the story of like the Samaritans and visiting the woman at the well. And that's not where any Jewish people should go because they didn't get along so well. And no, God is for us. He's not for anybody else. God only revealed himself to the Israelites and the Israelites are the only people who get to know him and everyone else kind of just suffers, right? And this is the idea that's been preached since Moses. This has been accepted for so long and Paul's biggest message is Jesus is for everyone and it's completely revolutionary and I think that's lost on us and I just wanted to point that out (laughs) because that's why he gets arrested right because he arrives in Jerusalem he's preaching the good news of Jesus and people are coming to him and they're believing him but then he starts saying well the Gentiles deserve God too and then he's arrested that's next title Paul is arrested in Jerusalem and then he's put on trial, you know, um, because you could be persecuted in these days for saying the wrong things about Christ, for not allowing the Pharisees or the Jewish leaders to do their job. And that was a crime of the highest offense because religion was the most important thing to these people in this time. And so to be so revolutionary in this idea and to save all these people and lead all these people away from the power the Pharisees had, that was a huge criminal offense. So Paul is put on trial and then it says Paul's defense and he's basically arguing in court for God. And I couldn't imagine how that must have felt for him. And he, you know, he's arguing his case and then it says the next title, the Roman commander interrogates him. He's mean. So he has to argue all this stuff, and now he's being interrogated. And then it says Paul before the Supreme Council. So then he has to go on trial again. And then it's the next title is a plot to kill Paul. So now all these people are trying to kill him. He's been put on trial multiple times. He's been interrogated. Right? And then he's put on yet another trial before Felix. And then he makes his defense before Felix. And then he the next one, he just speaks to Felix and Drusilla, Drusiva, I don't know how to say that. And then um, he appeals to Caesar. So he doesn't even know the outcome of what these people are going to punish him with or even set him free, but he appeals to Caesar. And then it shows a conversation between Festus and King Agrippa. And then it says Paul before King Agrippa, A-G-R-P-P-A. Not to say that, and so then Paul has to go before him, and then he has yet another defense he has before that king, and 
But then it like he's making his case and the king is kind of like agreeing with him and he's like, wow, he knows what he's talking about and I see the passion. He has done nothing wrong. He deserves to be set free. But the sad thing is that it doesn't even matter because Paul already appealed to Caesar. And so it says in Acts 26 verse 32, King Agrippa said to Festus, if he had an appeal to Caesar, he could have been released. And it's just this idea of, God, where are you taking Paul? You let him preach to all these people. And you let him, you know, change the minds of all these people. And he really did. And he was going to get set free. But you stirred something inside of Paul that made him appeal to Caesar. And... And it shows throughout scripture that Paul is very close to God and he knows his will. And even when I was talking about last week, he was trying to be humble and not brag about what Christ had for him or the knowledge Christ was revealing to him. Hi guys, sorry, the parents came home and the dog was barking, so I had to pause for a little bit. But I believe I was talking about um, this idea that King Agrippa just said, like, Paul could have been released. And... I firmly believe that God stirred something inside of Paul to tell him to, you know, appeal to Caesar, knowing full well that Paul would have been released. And it's this idea that God had something so much greater for Paul than Paul could even imagine. And then it, I mean, I personally think of this idea of how could Paul being in prison be something that's good and something for the kingdom, right? Um, but then it tells us in the rest of this story in the next part of Acts and in our theme verse that he really does do something great with this. And God took him exactly where he needed him to be. And the next title is Paul sails to Italy because he has to go to Rome to appear before Caesar. And that's how we get Romans right because then he's, you know, imprisoned in Rome or what have you, but on his way to Italy, there's this horrible storm. And it's this boat carrying this, you know, crew, but also all these prisoners. And there's a horrible storm and everything's falling apart and they're running out of food and they're running out of resources and they all think they're going to die and they're shipwrecked. And then it says... Paul is shipwrecked, that's the next title, and that says daylight came. Verse 39, when daylight came, the sailors didn't recognize the land, but they noticed a cove with a sandy beach, so they decided to run the ship ashore. And I just can't imagine, you know, being stranded at sea with no food. You're, you know, people are getting angry, people are dying, you know, there's starvation, and there's this crazy storm, and you're like, what am I going to do? You know, all your navigation systems have been knocked off, you don't know where you are. And then all of a sudden, there's a sandy beach. And they go to the sandy beach, and then they hit the rocks on the shore, and the ship falls apart. And um, everything is falling apart. And like, okay, we should kill all of these Romans so they don't get away. And it says here in verse 42, the soldiers wanted to kill all the prisoners 
to prevent them from escaping, but the Roman officer was determined to bring Paul safely through. And even though it's a Roman officer, you know, who might not agree with Paul, or maybe he does, but that is God protecting him and bringing everyone safely to shore. And um, the Roman officer tells everyone to jump um, off the sinking ship and swim to shore and everyone else is able says everyone else is saved by hanging on to the wreck of the ship you know like a piece of wood or a piece of metal and it floats them to shore and everyone it says so that everyone scrambled to the shore and injured right and i just couldn't imagine this roller coaster paul went to jerusalem to do God's will and then he was imprisoned and then he had to go on trial like five times and now he's sailing to go present to Caesar who is in charge of all of you know the kingdoms all of the kingdoms not just one but all of them and then he's shipwrecked and then people are wanting him dead and then he's able to get to make it to shore and the story keeps going, like it doesn't end here, but I just wanted to stop and say, if I was in Paul's situation, there'd be so many minutes and moments where I'd say, God, why did you lead me here? How is any of this for your glory? People around me are dying. I feel like I'm dying. How is this what you want from me when I could have been saved? by the king, whatever, right, who said he would have set him free. And the story continues, and it says, Paul on the island of Malta. And basically, you know, Paul's making a fire, and a snake attacks him. (laughs) It's just like, how much more can the story go, right? And then he shakes it off, and nothing's happened. You know, he doesn't get swollen, he doesn't die, he did no infection, no anything. And people are like, wow, who is this Paul, right? And then it says, it tells us that Paul went to the home of the Roman officer who killed, no, not killed, who saved him on the shipwreck, and he healed his father who was dying. And so all the islanders were like, who is this Paul, Right? And Paul has this opportunity to tell them about Jesus. And Paul is healing all of these people that need it. Um, And they're there for three months. And I just, I just have to stop for, you know, that Christ uses our exact circumstances. We don't have to be in the highest places. We can be in the lowest ones. And something I always think about is how is everyone getting to get to know about God? Because there's peoples, there's civilizations that we can't communicate with. And how are they going to get to know about Jesus? And I think this is one of the greatest answers. God uses the unfortunate circumstances and makes them amazing. And he does something with them. And that's what he's doing here. These people who have probably never heard of Jesus Christ get to know him 
because Paul is stranded after this horrible and long journey and he heals these people and he says, let me tell you about Jesus. And I just, I couldn't imagine how life-changing that would have been for those people and how he got to spread the gospel to those people who never heard about it before. And I think it's amazing. And I think for everyone, you know, on board that was experiencing this alongside Paul, like that was amazing for them too. To see this man who has literally given up everything, who has completely changed the trajectory trajectory of his life because God called him to, and how much suffering and pain and trial, right, he's gone through, and he still has so much faith. And it, it just reminds me that Paul has such a willingness to be used by God, and it encourages me to have a willingness to and that's something I've been hearing in church recently and in podcasts and in songs and it's all just clicking together and it's God wants to use me. God has a purpose for my life. I just have to be willing to accept that because I bet there were moments when Paul doubted God's plan. I bet there were moments when he wanted to give up. But Paul didn't rely on his feelings to get him through it. Paul relied on his faith. Faith is not a feeling. Faith isn't a feeling. Faith is a trust. Faith is a truth. And it brings me to this idea that my feelings don't make me doubt the truth. Instead, the truth makes me doubt my feelings. And just to think, like, Paul didn't really have any community that was encouraging him in this. He didn't have any people that were saying, you are doing the will of God. No one was necessarily encouraging him, right? But he takes that and he doesn't rely on how he's feeling. He doesn't rely on his circumstances. He relies on the truth and he chooses to share that with others. Maybe even when that's not what, how he was feeling. When he was healing all those people after that horrible journey and every, after having to be put on trial and preaching all these things and then say, and then keep going and going through the court system and being interrogated and you know, suffering a shipwreck and then having that brief hope of being released, but he already appealed to Caesar and so he has to keep going in this journey. I just and he says But I'm gonna rely on the truth. God loves me, that God knows me, that God has a purpose for me, and I'm gonna share Jesus Christ till the day I die, even when I'm bit by a snake after everything that just happened. And just the incredible stamina and the courage and the strength that Paul has in this is so encouraging. Especially for us in our circumstances, because I feel like we can all relate, right? We've been through those moments, we've been through those trials, we've felt those failures, we've lost that job, we've lost that spouse, we've lost that relationship. Somebody we love has died, somebody that matters to us has passed on or left. 
we didn't get the career we wanted, we didn't get the job we wanted, we didn't get the grade we wanted, we didn't have any of these things. But could you imagine if you reacted like Paul did? And even though you were feeling this, you chose to have faith because you knew what the truth was. <laughs> this background is a lot, but like <laughs> I've been talking for 20 minutes and we haven't even gotten to the main verse, but I'm just going with the will of God, right? Speaking how he's speaking in me. And so... They're there on the island for three months, and the story continues. Paul reaches Rome. And then Paul speaks to the prominent Jews of Rome. And this is finally our theme verse, because this is the end. This is Acts 28, and the theme verse is uh, 25 to 27. And here we are. Paul speaks to the prominent Jews of Rome. Paul is called to the council of these Jewish peoples, right? And it's not like these people believe in Christ. They don't. They're Jews. Which means that they completely oppose Jesus, right? They're the Pharisees. They're the people that said, that put Jesus on the cross. That said, nope, you are Satan, you are the demon, you are trying to change our laws, you're trying to change our ways, you are no Messiah, we need you gone, right? And the job Paul has is to convince them that Jesus is the Savior, that he is real, and that God has his new plan. And he is preaching, it says here, um, in Acts 28, and so he goes up, and it says, after three days, Paul's, Paul called together all the prominent members of the Jewish community in Rome, and when they assemble, assembled, Paul said to them, my fellow Jews, while I was in Jerusalem, I was handed over as prisoner of the Romans for persecution, and then he tells, you know, all the story about why he was imprisoned, and they said, we didn't get any letters from the Jews of Judea, and no one has said anything about you. But we want to know what you have to say. I just couldn't imagine that he's gone through all this and he's appealed to Caesar and then he finally gets there and they're like, we didn't hear about you. What are you talking about? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? And, but then they say, well, we are anxious to hear your present, you present your views regarding this Christian sect we've been hearing about for people everywhere springing, are speaking against it. people ever were speaking against it so yeah go ahead here's your case here's your floor convince us that jesus christ is the savior and i could not imagine how paul is feeling in that moment right he's been through all of this he's gone through all of this just to be told that they had no idea he was coming and just to be told you have to convince us so you can live so you can make it out of here, so you can be a free man. Tell us who this Jesus is. And so he does. And it says, verse 23, So they set a time to meet with Paul. And on that day, an even greater crowd gathered where he was staying. From morning until evening, Paul taught them, opening up with the truths of God's kingdom. 
With convincing arguments from both the law and the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were converted, but others refused to believe. They argued back and forth, still unable to agree among themselves. They were about to leave when Paul made one last statement. And this is just insane to me. I couldn't imagine being told that my life is lonely and that what I say is going to determine my fate and then have to go about and preach and preach and preach and I preach for an entire day about all the truths that I know. And I, I'm just in awe, right? Because here are these people who say, okay, this is your life, I'm online. And Paul is just in this situation and he has to prove the existence of Christ. He has to prove that what Christ told him is not what Christ told him because he didn't walk with Christ, but you know, like all this stuff that he's known, all this stuff that he's been teaching is real and is the truth, even when it goes against every single previously held idea of the church. And he fights for an entire day. No breaks, no anything. It doesn't mention any of that because I doubt it happened. So this whole day, he is pouring his heart and soul into his truth. And he's saying, he's laying it all on the line. He said, here is Christ. Here is the truth. Here is the laws. And the prophets, let me persuade you. And some were like, okay. And then everyone else said, I don't believe you. And I couldn't imagine how Paul was feeling. I, I, and I just seem, it seems like he was in this place of complete and utter desperation. God has led him here just for him to be told. Yeah, you didn't get didn't convince enough of us and we're heading out and you're on the chopping block tomorrow morning and I just this statement comes about and I just can imagine that it's this utter des- like spiel of desperation and necessity because he wants to live right but God gives him the exact words God gives him the exact knowledge. God gives him everything he needs in this moment to convince the Jewish council. And this is what he says. Paul made one last statement to them. The Holy Spirit stated it well when he spoke to your ancestors through the prophet Isaiah. Verse 26 picks up. I send you to this people to say to them, you will keep learning but not understanding. You will keep staring at truth but not perceiving it. For your hearts are hard and insensitive to me. You must be hard of hearing. For you've closed your eyes so that you won't be troubled by the truth. And you've covered your ears so that you won't have to listen and be pierced by what I say. For then you won't, you would have to respond and repent so that I could heal your hearts. Verse 28. So listen well. This wonderful salvation given by God is now being presented to the non-Jewish nations and they will believe and receive it. 
And then it goes on to say, Paul lived two more years in Rome in his own rented quarters, welcoming all who came to visit. He continued to proclaim to all the truth of God's kingdom realm, teaching them about the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, speaking triumphantly and without any restriction. That one statement convicted the Jewish leaders. It convinced convicted the council God convicted them in that exact moment and they set Paul free and they let him live in Rome on his own accord as a free man being able to preach whatever they wanted because they knew it was the truth and I talked about this a little bit earlier and it says the non-Jewish nations and that is a synonym for the Gentile nations and that was that was blasphemous but yet they believed him And to think, Paul's willingness to be used by God led him to touch so many people. It led him to touch the people in Jerusalem. It led him to touch every single council, every single trial, every single judge that he faced, right? And turn them to Jesus. And then it led him to this ship and these people. And he was able to touch all those people because they saw that God protected him. And then he was able to go to this island with people who never heard the name Jesus Christ and he was able to bless all these people and give them the truth. And then he went to Rome and he convicted the Jewish council of Rome, which means he basically convicted, not convicted, but he conveyed this Christ to all the Jews of Rome because if the council ordains it, the Pharisees say, okay, he's right, everyone will follow. And then he's able to be in Rome, and he opens his doors and says, anyone that needs me, I'm here. And then he preaches and preaches and preaches, and then eventually he's imprisoned in Rome two years later. But that's, that's for another time. Right? And even though we see this journey as hard and treacherous and long and just so crazy, God saw it as a platform to share who he was. God saw it as a way to speak his truth and his grace to the world. And he used Paul and he used his circumstances. He used Paul right where he was at to accomplish something so great. And that just encourages me. Because even though I might not be shipwrecked on an island, I have a whole campus full of high schoolers. I could affect, right? I have a whole school that could see something different in me. I told my younger viewers, you have a whole school that could see something different to you. I told my older viewers, you have an entire workplace, you have an entire friend group, you have an entire community, we all have an entire community, we all have the entire world we can make an impact on and <laughs> we don't have to be shipwrecked we could do it in the here and now because God's going to use us, use our circumstances Paul used every single one of Paul used, God used every single one of Paul's circumstances for his glory. 
And those were crazy. So of course Christ can use a mundane. Of course God can use a mundane. Amen that he can use our ordinary life and make complete and utter changes. Amen that he can use our life as examples. As the gospel, as just living, breathing Jesus. You can help people. You can save people. You have this mission, but you have to be willing. Paul was willing. You can have that doubt. You can have that fear. You can have that pain and that desire to give up. But as long as you don't let your feelings overtake your faith, you're exactly where God needs you to be. Because even if it just feels like nothing right now, or even if it feels like everything, or it feels horrible, or if it feels good, if it feels just okay, God wants to use you in it. But you just have to be willing. And you just have to let your faith stand stand the test, right? Turn to the truth when your feelings are changing. Don't change, don't turn to your feelings Do you believe God knows what you need? I believe God knew exactly what Paul needed. Paul needed to go, right? He couldn't just pertain to these people. He had to go and talk and speak to all these different Gentiles, to these non-Jewish peoples, right? He couldn't stay in Jerusalem, even though that might have been where he wanted to stay. He had to go. And God saw that, God oversaw that, he knew, and he sent him where he needed to be, even if Paul wasn't going to be able to do that on his own. But because Paul opened up and said, okay, God, send me, he sent him, and he used him. We can be exactly like Paul today. We can. We have the ability. We just have to trust and have faith and know that God knows what we need. God has a plan. God has a purpose. We just have to trust in it. God provides. Scripture tells us Paul provides. Paul. Scripture tells us God provides. Matthew 6, 30 to 32 says, If that's how God closes the grass, close the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do so much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God knows what you need. More than we do, right? Paul probably didn't think he needed to go through all of that. But look how changed he was at the end. Look how it made him capable of changing an entire city huge area Jewish council to Christ if he hadn't gone all through all of that he wouldn't have the knowledge he wouldn't have been prepared he wouldn't have been able to speak for a day to have that testimony right if he didn't travel through all of that he changed the minds of thousands of people he affected the lives of thousands of people We can do that today. 
We have the capability. I just want to leave you today with God is a good God. God is a faithful God. God knows exactly what we need. God foresees all our circumstances. God wants to use us here and now. And even in the craziness, he can use us. He can use our circumstances. Even if you're just a high schooler. Even if you might be a little bit older. God wants to use where you are. But your posture towards that your faith, your faith over your feeling towards that. Your belief that God knows what you need and he's going to meet that need. Your belief that you are exactly where God needs you, right? That he can use anything, this willingness to be used by God. That can change your life. And that can change the life of the people around you. So I dare you today. I dare you this week. To use your circumstances. And to truly open up and say, God, here I am. I'm willing to send me. And he might take you in a place that's hard and difficult. And he might tell you, Hey, Thanksgiving's coming up. And those aunts and uncles that have never known Christ need to hear it. Those people you care about that are going to show up at Thanksgiving this week that don't know Christ need to hear it. But amen that he put you there to share it. Amen that he's going to use you if you're willing to change the lives of people and share the gospel. So I challenge you to change your posture this week. Be ultra kind. Because you never know what someone's going through. And if someone can see the love of Christ through you, they might just see Christ. Bye guys.